Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? It's me, Aaron, your host, and your other host, Stefan. Stefan, what's Hello. up? Oh, not too much. I mean, we were talking about it before we started going, but I think we both we've both kind of become Diablo pilled. Oh yeah, that's um, so fun. That's sort of like all I'm focusing on now. Um, because it's incredible. Um and Gollum. And also because and oof, dude, I mean, Gollum is the Vancouver Canucks of video games. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, you know what? I no, because Gollum is like kind of interesting in how bad it is, and the Canucks are now at a point where they're like it's like boring how bad they are, sort of. You I, know what I mean? I don't know. I think they're like there's a reason why they let off every Jeff Merrick show last year, right? Like I guess that's true. They were, they, I'm trying to, yeah, I guess I've just put it all out of my memory. They were fucking crazy bad in a weird way last year, but then they sort of died down. And yeah, I think, it mellowed out. I, I think now with like Talk It, I think they're going to be kind of at a baseline bad level that's not that interesting, which sort of sucks because it's like at least when they were bad for a lot of last year and the year before, they were bad in like the stupidest and most entertaining ways possible, right? Yeah. I'm like, that's something. I've been thinking about it and kind of wanted to bring up today. So this is a good segue. I, yeah. I feel like it's going to be a segue a, 30 seconds into the episode. That's right. It, I think it's going to be a boring off season, even though it shouldn't be. Well, I think you're right just because, I mean, I hope you're wrong, but I think you're probably right just because like what leverage do they have to make moves? Like obviously they have to make some moves, but it's like they're painted into a corner, right? Like what can they do? Yeah. Like, the there's the Provorov trade yesterday, right? Which yes. I'm sure every listener knows about by now. There's going to be a very what does this mean for the Canucks episode? I think yes, because uh, <laughs> I mean, what else? What else is there to talk about, folks? Um, like they should be making the LA Kings move, right? Like given their position and kind of stated goals and how they've positioned themselves with their moves up until this point. Yes. They should be. They so, should be doing that. So, like, why not them? Like, it, it kind of feels like they're just never savvy enough to get in on, like, creative ways to clear cap space or creative ways to gain assets. Like, they could have held on to a contract because they're an LTI during the trade deadline and gotten, yeah. like, a fourth or fifth round sweetener. And it seemed like there was no appetite to do that. Yes. And, like... They should be just as motivated as the Kings are to move salary. And this trade really didn't require the Kings being involved at all, right? Like no. I, that trading the picks that Columbus had to Philly for Provorov, maybe you don't get as many back or maybe you don't get as many assets back if you're Philadelphia. Um, if Columbus has to take the full freight of the contract or... Maybe you get a little bit more from them if Philadelphia is retaining. It's only two years. They're clearly rebuilding now. Well, Briere like said that they're rebuilding. Like it's so 
I can't believe there's another management group that we have to be jealous of. You yeah, know what I mean? it's. I thought we were done adding to that it, <laughs> to that list. And it's really interesting because like Philadelphia for the longest time has been like the analogous team to the Canucks out east, where yes, very boneheaded ownership and management that is just no foresight whatsoever. Yeah, that's just allergic to the idea of rebuilding. Like they kind of scoff at the idea, and now, now the well, Canucks I, I, are the the, the lone soldier. <sighs> I get, yeah, I mean, I think, well, Columbus is kind of a weird, I mean, Columbus, that to me was sort of like, I was it Columbus's JT Miller trade? I guess not, because JT Miller was good, right? Like this, it's, I guess Columbus is just like, fuck it, we're done rebuilding, we're tired of this shit, let's go for it, you know? Which, there were shades of that last offseason with Columbus, oh, right? With, with, with Goudreau, with, yeah. With Goudreau and, they, and Good Branson. They should, be, they should be better this year, Yeah, right? and but, like, assumingly, like, Wierenski is going to be back. They've hired Mike Babcock. I, I think, I don't know, there's a lot of debate on whether or not this is, like, their heronic trade. And yeah. I think, if you're really zoomed out, yes. Like it's very it also similar. Makes, like it makes the Hronic deal look better for the Canucks, I think, too. Kind of like it's kind. Of, obviously, Philly is a really bad uh, team to play on, and he yes. was being ridden like a horse over there. And I think that like makes his underlying numbers look worse. Um, yes, like you can look at how like Gavrikov he improved mightily just from going to L.A. and having more help around him. And you look at that that Columbus blue line, and if they're healthy, I mean it's clearly better than um than Philadelphia's, right? So I wouldn't be oh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see a bounce back from Provorov. Yeah, uh, I think like I don't know in a completely even world, like you could pick between having Gavrikov and Provorov on the Canucks. Uh, politics aside, like as a hockey player, who would you who would you rather see? I, oh man, I mean, Provorov, I was just, I was like looking at his numbers and stuff and like, they're like not good. Like they just, I, I, I think it'd be Gavrikov, I guess. Right. But wait, how many years does Provorov have left? Two. Yeah. And Gavrikov just signed for two, which was interesting. Um, ah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's such a, yeah, I guess it's Gavrikov probably. Right. Maybe? Yeah, like Gav- Gavrikov, like he looked good. He looked and good with he LA. looked good in L.A. He eats up minutes, very unspectacular. Like not much happens when he's on the ice, either like for or against you. It's just what you kind of sturdy well, workhorse, top four D. I then, don't know if he's like a first pairing defenseman pivot, but like this is putting aside also the off ice stuff too. Because if if I bring that into play, then obviously it's Gavrikov. Who oh, I think yeah. did did wear a pride jersey. I believe but, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. I it seems like a weird i guess columbus is in a weird spot all those teams are kind of in weird spots right like the gavrikov thing is interesting because he only signed for two years because presumably the cap's gonna go up right and Mm -hmm. then and then he can like cash in but you know our discord was discussing it today like there's a lot of examples of players who tried to do exactly that uh and totally fucked it up yeah um i heard an interview with dan milstein today um on 650 and Mm -hmm. he was saying it was really interesting actually like he was talking about the short deals and i think the most obvious reason for a player to want to do that is they want to cash in when when the cap goes up yes and he was talking about he used kuzmenko as an example and said that um kuzmenko he only had a 60 game sample size and he knew there was a new coach coming in like you're a team's not going to want to sign a player for 
eight years with a 60 game sample. And then also like if he can produce like he had, he did last season over the next two, you're looking at a very big money, lengthy contract, which is like a good bet. So it made sense for the player. And then he said for Gavrikov, he's super motivated by winning and he thinks he can win in LA and it was like comfortable for both parties, but, and he hopes to resign in LA like after this two years or whatever, but he also wants to leave his options open. Um, so he can go wherever he has the best chance to win a cup. So that makes sense. I think yeah, I mean, the, like, the player I always think of is, uh, is Klingberg, right. Who just like totally, what was it? Seven, seven, seven years, seven million, seven by seven, I believe. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he should have taken that. And then people have brought up uh, the basketball example of uh, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, uh, who, f- who fumbled the bag so bad, like so bad. Um, which, like, I mean, unless it's like your team and you don't want them to sign that player, it does suck to see that as a fan. I think, right? Because I, I want the players to do well. I want them to make the money that that they've earned. You know, yeah. And like, it just it does suck to see a, a very good player just missed time having a bad year. Taylor Hall kind of did it too, I guess. Right? Yeah. Taylor like, Hall was a big one too. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at uh, like Provorov is 26. So he's a couple years younger than Gavrikov. One okay. and a half two. And yeah. I mean, he's only a couple of years removed from like putting up 26 points and 56 games in the lockout shortened season in 2020, 2021. I, I can yeah. see him bouncing back in Columbus, I guess. And then like, Worst case scenario for Columbus, you flip him for another pick two deadlines from now, right? Yep. So yeah, I, I kind of like, yes, they play, paid a premium. And I would also be like pissed off if I was a Columbus fan paying that premium. But what's his name? Yarmo Kekalainen. That's their GM, right? Yes. He's got to be feeling. Uh, I feel like he's probably feeling the heat now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like. He's doing like a way less detrimental, uh, like OEL trade, right? Yeah. Like he's just trying yeah. to, he's trying to get it happen and like see meaningful progress. So like, I understand it from their point of view. And yeah. I mean, they're also going to get Fentilli or Carlson, right? So or Will Smith or Will Smith. On- so it like losing the 22nd and like the early second round pick, I don't think hurts as much. As and they also have like way fucking more in the pipeline than Vancouver yeah. did making the Heronic oh, trade. They have so many good defensive prospects too coming up. Like so, I, I mean, Eurocheck, a full year of Eurocheck, presumably. Like they have they have a lot of good young players. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting spot to be in. I think with the Canucks, the thing that sort of sucks as a fan, I guess besides like just being a fan of the Canucks, um, is is that like I think you just have to at this point accept like, hey, they're not going to ever do a proper rebuild with the players they have now because they kind of can't. Yeah, right? no, that that's, ship has sailed, right? Like a proper rebuild now involves trading one of Patterson or Hughes, right? And I, I like, guess it is Demko for sure, but that's fine. I mean, yeah. I kind of want them to do that anyway, but like I, there's just no world where that happens, I don't think. And like, I I don't know. I mean, I it sucks because it's like, I don't want this to be the case, but I just can't help but think like five years from now or four years from now, whatever, we're going to be like, all right, we got to win this Patterson trade. 
we got to win this Hughes trade. You know, this is huge for the team, right? Like, and and then it's just going to be like, well, we could have done this so much earlier. We could have pulled the bandaid off earlier, right? And gotten well, even more for these players. The real the thing that really sucks is like this management group. It was on the table, right? Like they had oh, yeah. Miller yeah. and Horvat as like pending UFAs. You could have just not signed Miller. You could have done that exact same Bo Horvat trade without acquiring Heronic. And then you could conceivably do a rebuild slash retool on the fly where you got a bunch of like, imagine if they did that rumored Cheadle Lundqvist first trade for JT Miller at their oh, first that deadline, right? So sick. Even though Lundqvist is like not that good. It's yeah, like you still cares? have the cap space. You got, like, yeah, it's just you would have, you would have had the cap space, <sighs> you would have had uh Cheadle who looks fucking awesome. Yeah. He looks good. Um and yeah, you just <sighs> would have had like a lot of flexibility to maneuver. You could have got some like, you know, other teams in cap crunches. You could have taken advantage of players that they're selling like um cheap for cheap, right? But like their marquee moves have been what? Resigning Miller, resigning Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev, Hronik. Did they resign Besser too? They resigned Besser, yeah. That was like, them. Yeah. I, I definitely think they were painted into a corner with that one. For so sure. Like, yeah. I don't really fault them um, for the Besser deal. Like, it would have been cool if it was like two year term or less money, but he had that massive QO, right? So. Yeah, I guess it's just like, I mean, we'll, like you said, we'll see what happens this offseason. And I think I'm sort of in agreement with you that like they're going to be really hard pressed to do anything big. But like, I, I would have love to see them come in and like tear shit apart. Right. And get rid of players. And it, it just like hasn't happened. Yeah. And so much of that is because Jim Benning basically gave them like a poison pill cap structure, making it impossible to do anything. Right. Yeah. But I, I think that's like giving them too much credit based on what we just said. Right. Like they could have like it, yeah. it, they've just made it like kind of more toxic themselves. So yeah. it really does feel to me like so much hinges on this upcoming season because I mean, there's like the worst case scenario where like Demko gets hurt again and, you know, Miller takes a step back and really it's just a repeat of last season. Like maybe yeah. like Pedersen or Hughes aren't as good as we think they are in the upcoming season. Like, because that's the funny thing about this past season, right? Is from the outside, like if you're like, oh yeah, Pedersen 100 points and you know, Miller was a point per game and he just kind of took a step defensively. It was in like a little bit of Norris conversation, but maybe not league-wide. Yeah. And Demko got hurt. Um, without the Demko got hurt bit, like that's good. And they still had a, well, I mean, we all know what happened, right? So like <laughs> if, you know, Demko gets hurt again and like not all those things go perfectly, like then what, right? Like, they could be looking at another 75 point season, which would be absolutely catastrophic. But I think like realistically they could finish 10th or 11th in the fucking West, you know, it'd be like I mean, a, an 85 to 90 point team. That's just middling. And they've already pushed all their chips in. And then I know you have to give what a, do you, what do you do at that point? Well, like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And like, with any assets you have to get your te- make your team better, you have to use to get rid of the bad contracts. And then if you want to make your team better, you don't have any assets to make them better. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it sucks. It, 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 it sucks real bad. <laughs> and like it's such a bad situation to be in and it's I mean, yeah, like you said, they they haven't made it easy on themselves, but it's just like it's so fucking frustrating to go to look back, you know, almost almost 10 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. 
and basically know almost immediately, oh, Jim Benning's a total moron. He's going to fuck this team for, oh, let's see, a decade, if not more. <laughs> and, and, and know, hey, I was 100% correct, right? Like, uh, it, here's, here's the problem. The average fan shouldn't be correct about these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It shouldn't be so, uh, like, it, unless it's like, oh, like, this team's going to be good. And it's like, obviously, they're going to be good. That's one thing. But it's like, when you're, when you're able to see better than fucking Jim Benning, better than the owner of the Canucks, like, hey, this is going to fuck everything up, by the way. Like, if, if you do this, you're going you're gonna to fuck up everything mm-hmm. for the next decade plus. Like, I shouldn't be able to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I shouldn't. And I can, and I did. I was right. I don't want to. I don't. I don't like that. You've been yelling about it for close to a decade now. Yeah, and I've been right about most of it. I mean, that's what gets me. I mean, we've we've uh, I've brought this up so many times, and I and I've tweeted about it a lot too. But like, just the fact that there are so many Canucks fans who, during the Benning era, were like, "Oh, let's." let's I mean, at at best, they were like, "Let's wait and see." At worst, they were like, Jim Benning is a good GM, and I trust his plan, right? Yeah. And, and now they're still comfortable like giving their opinions on things, as if for a decade plus, they, they weren't like, Jim Benning is a smart guy and knows what he's doing. Like, that, should basically, that should basically be like, you're not al- you just are not allowed to opine on anything now related to hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck. God damn. Can you tell it's the summer <laughs> and, the, and there's nothing going on with the Canucks, by the way? Well, uh, here's another thing, man. So imagine next season goes really well. Yeah. They like, make the playoffs. Yeah. Then, okay, so Gavrikov re-signed today for probably a little bit under market, right? 5.85? Yeah. Um, you have Philip Ronick to re-sign and Pedersen to re-sign, right? That's right. Uh, Ronick makes 4.4 now. If he is like the same rate scorer that he was last year and he's as good as Canucks management think he is, what is that contract? It starts with an eight, right? It's, he's going to, yeah, I, I don't even want to. That's one thing I just like haven't even thought about because I don't want to <laughs> at all. But like, yeah, they have all this stuff coming down the pike, right? And like, this is even putting aside all the OEL stuff. Like, they're not going to buy him out, right? But I, Probably was, not. Okay. It was so funny also reading on The Athletic they did like uh, like the 10 Oh like, yeah. I don't even know if it was there 10 was but it was like, like three Canucks just listed yeah, at number Yeah, it was like 10. contracts yeah. like players that are probably go- that could be bought out this summer and then it was like eight or nine of them one on each team and the contracts weren't even that bad necessarily and then yeah it gets to the, the last one and it's Besser, Garland, and OEL just like all for the Canucks. Oh uh, like, man. <sighs> yeah. Because um, like <laughs> So Pedersen's at just over seven and Heronik's at just under four and a half, right? So yeah. assuming, once again, best case scenario, they're lights out. What's Pedersen signing for? Ten and a half, probably? Eleven? I mean, yeah, at at like, he's he's so good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, I think 11 minimum, I would 11? say. Eleven? Okay, we'll go with that. And Heronik? Which is, which is a good deal for Pedersen. Oh, he's, yeah. He's like, I think, yeah. Oh, man. We'll we'll get into this later. We're on at like eight. Let's say eight. Ma- yeah. Maybe more. Eight and a half. Oh. So God. that's an increase of like, let's call it eight and a half. So he goes up four million, and Pedersen also goes up, yeah, four million, eight million. So that's like your big. The cap is increasing. Flat caps over. Like bump yeah. right. Like all of that money will be spent on just 
re-signing guys you have now. It's not going to be making the team better. Yeah. And then you'll have, well, I guess you have like Myers and Beauvillier coming off the books at that point as well. Yeah. Um, I, I do wonder if they're going to trade Beauvillier. Like, were they, do you think they were smart enough to have been like showcasing him after they acquired him so that they could flip him this summer? I don't know. But like, if they were doing that, it seems like awfully like risky to just get another winger to try and flip when, you know, it's the least valuable position in the league. This is the Canucks and, we're talking about, baby. And the rest of the league knows that you fucking need a dump cap space, especially from your wings. So, like, I think they were just, it's more likely they didn't value the cap space when they brought him in in that trade, right? Yeah. I. It's, like, incredible to me. And, and we're we're still at this point in 2023, but there are still fans who and people in the media even who do not understand that cap space is like an asset, and it's like the most important asset. Like, yeah, well, how is it 2023 well, and people Steph, still don't I'm get that? I'm not seeing any cap space hoisting the cup in a couple of weeks now. <laughs> am I right, brother? Oh my what, god! What is this magical cap space and picks going to actually win a cup? Huh? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> God, dude. Oh, that's cool. The other thing, too, is like, okay, we're going with eight and a half for Ronick. Yeah. You then have, um, I mean, what's Ethan Bear going to resign for? Three? Three? And a bit. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's, but like, he's a really good arbitration case. He was a top pairing defenseman yep. playing major minutes and like helped vastly improve their defense when he came in. So, like, maybe four? Can the Cucks fit in four without moving money? Like it, that's hard to let's go. Let's go three and a half. Okay. I'm gonna pull up a calculator here, so it's uh, is real fancy. I don't have to add seven point eight five in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got Hughes and we got OEL, and let's say Hernick's at eight and a half. So those are $27 million committed to a top four of Hughes, OEL, Ronick, and Ethan Bear. I guess the thing is, if Ronick shows that he's worth $8.5 million, that is a good thing. I guess, on, yeah. On the one hand, like, that's really, really good, right? Because, like, I've seen people talking more about, like, seven-ish, which is still a lot, obviously, but, like, it's a right-handed D. Like, he's he's quite good. Yeah. If he, if he does show to be worth 8.5, it's like, well... Obviously, it sucks for their cap structure, but okay, then they well, have an eight and a half million dollar defenseman who's we'll, like really good. We'll subtract too. one and a half million just for the. There's still like twenty five and a half oh, million yeah, dollars on that good. decor. It's still like yeah. way too expensive. Like, what's let's look at Vegas's top four. Oh, and they're gonna they're just gonna like. I I'll, mean, just, I'll, I'll just I'll just do cup. their like yeah their their four most expensive contracts right now. Eight point okay. eight. 5.25 plus 5.25. 5.25 is their second uh, uh, yeah, most so expensive. Martinez and Theodore. Oh, are this both is their defense. Man, guess, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Right, right, right. And I then was thinking the entire team. <laughs> 2.85. Yeah, so their defense totals 22 million right now. So you'd still be paying like $3 million more for like. There's an argument to be made that that's the best decor in the league, right? Who's got a better decor? I, I mean, they they might win the cup. Yeah, so. Boston. Oh, Boston's is good. Yeah, I mean, 
Theirs is like 22 million, 23 million just to, yeah. to eyeball it. Oh, the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Oh, God. Well, let's see. I mean, obviously, they have Taves at a very, very cheap. But yeah, um, yeah theirs is 14 uh, plus 8, 20, 22 and a half. Jesus Not Christ. bad. Yeah, so uh, like you're you're paying a premium to have an incredibly mid to below yeah. average top four. Like, yeah, you have Hughes. Yeah, like Heronic should be good. Uh Bears good at retrieving pucks. Uh, <laughs> OEL might have a bounce back summer, folks. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's like I don't know. It's real depressing. <laughs> it's so bleak, dude. I just I mean, it's again, we've brought this up so many fucking times before, but it's just like hoping and praying that everything goes right. Like yeah. That's, that's all you can do, right? It's insane. We're still doing that. Which is like, and that's what sucks because that's not a way to build like a winning championship team. No. Like you, they've positioned themselves like they're, like they are the Colorado Avalanche that like, do need to push they, all they the chips into win. And it's like, yeah, we're pushing all our chips in to make the playoffs. It's yeah, I think that's it. It's just like the Canucks over the past decade, their timing has just been off on basically everything they've done, right? Yeah. Like on paper, the JT Miller trade was great, right? Mm -hmm. On paper, you can even make the argument that the JT Miller contract would make sense for a team in a different position, right? Totally. But it's it's just year after year, acquisition after acquisition, move after move, we see this team just completely misread the situation they're in, right? Yeah. Then that's there's no team that does it more than them. It's yeah, fucking insane. Not, well, Philadelphia, but 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 now they're like, I mean, did you see how happy their fans were? Oh yeah. Like that, I mean, for for good reason. You imagine know? how refreshing that would be, right? Like oh. Well, I, I, I guess I can remember. It was when Bo Horvat got traded. Yes, there was. That's true. I will say this to any Philadelphia fans listening. Wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, I will, I'll see just what say happens that. next. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were excited for a little bit too. But this does seem like more of a, a rebuilding deal than really anything. Yeah. Uh, anything that Canucks did. And, and I just don't... I... It's so frustrating just seeing another fan base that has like been through a lot of stupid bullshit, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot of stupid bullshit. And, and they're going to be happy now, you know, like, I guess good for them. But like, God, dude, like, when is it our turn yeah. to be happy? God you know? damn it. Maybe we already Fuck. had our turn. Maybe that was like the 2011 Sedin era. And, I guess uh, so. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's just what it is. But like. That also sucks, man, because you're just, you're just chasing that dragon. You know what it can be. Actually, well, I, we slayed it. We did slay that's, it. That's right. I had a dream last night that the, okay. that the Canucks were in the playoffs. Okay, um, it was the first round. I forget who they were playing. They lost game one, and then Daniel Sedin came out of retirement for game two and scored okay. like a massive game winning goal that like drawed them even in the series. Wow. So all right. That probably says something like subconsciously about all of that, huh? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> you mentioned those buyout that buyout article. Yes. Um, 
I'm real concerned they're going to buy out uh, Garland. Gar- Garland, I know. Uh, well, but w- what would you prefer, I guess? Them trading him with a pick or them buying him out? I mean, obviously, the, the, the preferred option is... Yeah, is get rid of any of the other contracts you want to get rid of. But, like, Myers is unbuyoutable. OEL is effectively untradeable. Like, it depends what you'd be packaging with. I, I just don't want them to get rid of Garland. Um, but like, he's like of the four, like the player I'd like to get rid of the least. So to see, and like, there's also like another year of the contract compared to Besser. So I believe it makes the buyout last longer. And we're back. Uh, yeah, we had a little technical difficulties there. So yeah. hopefully this sounds normal when you're listening to it now. Well, you we'll might be recording be in person in, in three years. So that's right. Be a problem then. Yeah. Here's a really boneheaded thing I've been thinking about. Because I like, I don't really, I don't want to live in Calgary anymore. Yeah. I'm like very excited. I've been looking at like house listings every day, like getting more excited about it. Yeah. And I started thinking about it in, in hockey terms because I have like, I have two and a half seasons left of my uh, my apprenticeship before I'm a journeyman electrician, and so I'm like, okay, my third year that'll be that'll be Pedersen's like next year under this contract, and then if he wanted to leave, he would just have to take the QO, which would walk him right to free agency. Yeah, and then like taking that QO that year, that's me finishing up my fourth year of my apprenticeship. Oh yeah, and then boom. I'm hey, a free agent. I can go, go move wherever I want in Canada. Absolutely. So I would be doing, I guess, the like the opposite of Pedersen, where I'd be like going to Vancouver instead of away from it. Yeah. But the reverse Pedersen. It, yeah, no, it like because it feels really stupid to be excited about something that's gonna happen in like two and a half, three years from now. But it's important to goal set. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> just like thinking in hockey terms of like, okay, two more seasons. I can do that. Like I just got to like prove my worth by being a really good apprentice and learning a lot. So, uh, the union wants to hire me, which you should be able to do. Oh yeah. No, I'm, yeah. Man. I'm, I'm <laughs> a really stupid idea. I had today. I'm the phase bizzle of, uh, Second year electrical apprentices. Now Faze I know Bizzle some of the is, I know some of the phase guys. Who's phase? Yeah, Bizzle? he was like a Fortnite pro. Okay, who was like really good for a minute, and then like the game kind of passed him by, but he still stuck around the community for for a while. Um, yeah, it's really just like a stupid Fortnite guy to reference, but it was making me <laughs> chuckle. Yeah, we were, we were talking about like buyouts or something. Um, <laughs> right. I wanted to ask you, who would you like to see bought out? Because I think I'm. As much as painful as it would be, like the fact that by the time the OEL cap hit like stops, if they buy him out, I'll have been living in Vancouver for five and a half, six years. Um, oh, that's so insane to think about. Yeah, it's 2031. You have a 41-year-old man. I mean, 2031 doesn't feel like a real year. I guess neither no. does 2023, really, but like, oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we the, were gonna. We were no, trying but like to, which 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 one would you would you prefer of the three buyout candidates if they do go down that that road? So the three being uh, the the ones they mentioned in the athletic. OEL Besser and, and Garland and Garland. I guess Besser. I mean OEL 
I want them, I want him off the team, but the more I think about it, it's almost like, man, like what is this team going to do anything? Like, ugh, like why fuck themselves later on when they might actually be kind of good then? But also if the cap's going up, then it doesn't hurt as much either, but I don't know. It's one of those ones. I keep going back and forth on the, on the buyout OEL thing. I really do. Cause I was on that train for a while. Right? Yeah. I, of, of the three, if like I see it roll across, roll across my desk that like, one of them has been bought out. I'm going to smile the most at Ekman Larson. Yes. Um, however, I think if I was making the decisions, I would hedge my bets on it because he's getting old. Yeah. He's getting hurt a lot. Yeah. A lot can happen in four years. I, if he does play, I think it's highly unlikely that he's still on the ice in 2027, you know? Yeah. I think he'll probably get Robida Island sometime in the next two years just because of how you'd have to, right? I slow mean, he looked, right? Like yeah. and, and then there's also that that cope thing of like, well, maybe he's gonna work out really hard this summer and he was coming off a broken foot and maybe he'll just come in in the best shape of his life and be, I mean, not a $7 million player, but also not a replacement level player. Like maybe you yeah. can get half of that contract's value out of him, which I would argue he did in 20, like in the Boudreaux bump season. Right. Yeah. So I think you probably hedge on that and then put to get out of that cap space. Right. Like what sweetener are you adding to Besser or Garland's or I guess Myers? <sighs> I mean, I the want... ideal scenario is you just get rid of Myers somehow. Like, there's a willing buyer that wants him, but like, that why seems would there very be? unlikely. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, unless God. it's like a problem for problem trade. Which, yeah, how many people have like problem centers then, that they want to trade for Myers? We still have a problem too. So, I, I would. I, I every team basically has a bad contract they want to get out of, but it's just the Canucks. Like, they have so many. And I just want them to get down to just one bad contract where it's like, ah, that contract's annoying, but whatever. It doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Like, I would love to get down to just one bad contract. It's so funny as well seeing like Toronto fans be like, I hate the Mitch Marner and John Tavares contracts. And it's like, oh, those, give are me like a break. those are like good players. Shut the yeah, fuck up. <laughs> man. <laughs> Trade them to Vancouver. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that that is sort of a, the classic like difference between like a bad team and a good team is the good team their fans will be complaining about a Keith good Ballard. A, a good player yeah a good player being <laughs> overpaid or whatever right and then for us it's just like awful players that are being way overpaid and it's just like what are we even arguing here this guy sucks like there's no argument here you know speaking oh. of of overpaying guys um there's also uh, also speaking of athletic articles there was that uh, the D-man targets for Vancouver. Were there any names that you like hadn't thought of that jumped out to you from that that you'd find let me, interesting? Let me bring that one up here. Because uh... for me, I think if you just a, so the evolving hockey model, which is like eighty percent accurate, had Ryan yeah. Graves at four years, four point seven five. Yeah, which I'd be down for, I guess, if they got the room for it. I don't mind Ryan it. Graves. The Severson report that came out was a little scary, but I think that was kind of like yeah, I, I, misleading. I think it was misleading for sure. So anyone that doesn't know, um, Elliot Friedman was on Donnie and Dolly and was asked 
Like the Canucks have had their eye on Severson dating back to the Jim Benning era. Is there a oh. chance that they could trade for his rights? And is Vancouver the type of market he'd like to go to? So it was very hypothetical. And he was like, yeah, I think Vancouver's like a type of place that he would like to play. But it wasn't like Friedman reporting. Vancouver's very interested in trading for the rights of, of Severson. It was more like him answering like a hypothetical. Right. So, okay. I mean, Severson's good. I but want him for six it, years again, at six point two million. Wrong, good, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Again, yeah. like how many times have we seen this before? Right, like so. I'm looking at the article now. They do have Carson Soucy on there, who we've mentioned before. Yeah, it is funny to see Luke Shen as the ideal target, which I guess is kind of true. He he looked pretty good in the playoffs, and he'd be cheap. Yeah, and and he's like, familiar, but it's like cheap. I kind of I kind of just want to move on from players from the. You know what I mean? I want I, some new. Yeah, here. exactly. Like I don't want to. You don't want to like keep going back to your ex, right? Like yeah. Uh, Gavrikov is on there. Obviously, he's off the list now. Severson's yeah. on there. Probably too expensive. Ryan Graves, Don't, Scott Mayfield. I mean, I, I, there's no. You know who's missing from this list? Who? Our boy. Our boy. Yeah. yeah. Which he? I feel after this playoff run, he will get overpaid. For very sure. yeah. expensive. Yeah. I, we were really ahead of the 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 curve on our uh, our Gudis praise. Um, prior to the playoffs starting when we were doing our power wishes. That's true. The, the other name that jumped out to me that like, here's another, if the Canucks, I think are smart, don't like make a big splash. If you're like Dmitry Kulikov, one year, 1.7. Fuck. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Give it a shot. Right? Like I would like to see cheap bets. Yes. Um, without yeah. term. Do some if more you're like do, do anything. I, I know he's a forward, but like some more Dakota Joshua style bets, right? Where like he he's like outperforming his contract. He he was great last year, right? It, like it, the best signing on July first is the one you make on July eighth. Like exactly. It, exactly. I think the best news is is no news uh, when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks yeah. this offseason. Oh, absolutely! It's so funny. And again, this this goes back to what I was saying about like, as as a casual, not even a casual fan. It's like I, whether you're a casual fan or just a hardcore fan or whatever it is. But as a fan, knowing immediately like, oh, this was a bad move, right? And that's like the majority of free agent signings on July first, right? Where it's like, oh, this guy's getting bought out in three years max, right? And like more yeah. often than not, you're right on that, right? Like if you if you just bet on whether or not a contract was going to like a player is going to live up to their contract on July 1st, just always say no. And you're yeah, going to, you're going to win. Uh, bet the under. <laughs> yeah. Like for real, like the 2016, uh, free agency, like, like signing day or whatever. It was like Louis Erickson, Andrew Ladd, Kyle Ocposo. And there was one more really bad deal. And I'm trying to remember who it was. But it was just like immediately all those deals get signed. And it's like, I know Erickson people, there was some like copium and stuff, but it was like, man, these are not good deals. You know? Yeah. Who who was it? Let's see. Louis Erickson, Andrew Ladd, Kyle Ocposo. Those were the big, let's see. Okay, here. This is from thehockeywriters.com. Top 10 worst 2016 free agent contracts. Let's go. We have, oh, Lucic was the other one that year. My man, future Canuck. Lucic, seven years, 42 million. Kyle Okposo, cool. seven years, 42 million. Andrew Ladd, seven years, 38.5 million. Louis Erickson, six years, 36 million. Franz Nielsen, six years, 31.2 million. David Good Backus, God. five years, 30 million. Darren Helm, five years, 19.25 million. Troy Brower, four years, 18 million. Fuck. That is so bad. 
Here's oh, oh yeah, man. So, I Dale, remind- Dale Weiss also got a four year uh, contract. Oh, that's uh, my guy. On that day, yeah. There, there's a guy to remember for sure. <laughs> I was reminded with that Lucic talk that remember when that free agency was rolling around that it wasn't just Erickson that was tied to the Canucks. It was Erickson and Lucic. Lucic, yeah. But I oh, guess yeah. they were like outbid by by Edmonton, right? Thank God, yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if fucking. Lucic had signed that big money deal in Vancouver. How much of a fucking pariah Mark Messier type figure he would have been worse than Messier, I think. Honestly, it would have been so bad. Man, they Akposo, Lad, Erickson, (laughs) man, Franz Nielsen. Benning dodged a bullet on that. Uh, He did. He was that the year that he was, uh, it was that was the year he was fucking tampering as well. Oh, the wasn't PK it? Subban? Yeah. I, that wait, I don't was remember it, or was what that, year it was. I think it was, yeah. Jesus, what a bad offseason. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's oh, what, Matt, uh... Matt Martin was also signed to a four-year deal with the Leafs. <laughs> what? Oh, that yeah. is awful. It, Holy it, crap. It, it, it was that offseason. It was 2016. Steven Stamkos. And Subban. And Subban, yeah. Fined uh, $50,000. And also, I'm pretty sure... Like they almost traded for Subban at the draft too, and it would have been like a pretty insane deal. I forget what I forget what the rumored uh, package was. Maybe someone uh, listening knows, but it was like it would have been bad, especially how given how Subban fell off, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I probably would have liked it at the time. Oh, at the uh, time, I, I think, but yeah, big I mean, old Subban defender over here. Yeah, but oh man, I mean that that 2016, just that like month, right? Of like drafting Ulevi. Followed by signing Erickson. <laughs> I mean, those are just two like franchise crippling moves. And he did them within like a week of each other. Pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Like you have to yeah, try like, to be that bad. That That is pretty incredible. Because like on the intro to the show, we have Kiprios talking about the Canucks signed Louis Erickson. And then there's yeah. like the Oli Lila. There's like, yeah, those are two sound bites from like within two weeks of each other. Yeah. Of like yeah. all time worst Vancouver Canuck <laughs> fan moments. Oh, that's really good. That's swag. <laughs> uh, you got you got to respect it. Oh, Jesus! Why are we fans of this team, dude? Uh, born in Abbotsford. Yeah, I think that that literally is it. I yeah. saw on on the Canuck subreddit this morning that uh, uh, there. I think it was basically just like, why do you still cheer for this team? And most of them were just like. Or like, why do you, why do you believe? And a lot of people were like, well, we don't believe. Yeah. But then, and then a lot of the answers were just like, uh, I'm from here. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's sunk cost. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's, there's no other. And so like back when I was, I was training, right. I had a, a client who had flames season tickets. Yeah. Right. And he was like, we were talking about hockey. He's like, well, why do you cheer for the Canucks? I'm like, well, because I was born there and lived in BC till I was 19. And like back in the day, like you could only watch a regional team and like, it's where I'm from. You can't just switch teams. And he was like, let me let you in on something. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I, he was, he was born in like Edmonton yeah. and grew up an Edmonton Oilers fan and was yeah. like an Edmonton Oilers fan through like their peak in the eighties. Yeah. And then he moved to Calgary. And he's like, you know what? 
I'm not going to move out. I've been living here for like 10 years. Yeah. I'm like married. I own a house. Like my job's here. I'm never moving back to Edmonton. What's the point of show? I'm just going to be a Flames fan now. <laughs> then he, f- then he fucking did it, and like, it's inconceivable to me. It was inconceivable then. Yeah, and it's like still like I can't fathom it now. Being like, you know what? That's crazy. Go Flames! No, there ain't no way. And I guess like, probably more of a casual fan in the '80s. He wasn't posting on Canucks.com forums and like getting into arguments on HF boards and shit. Yeah, like. It's probably a, a different lived experience, but like, I, I wouldn't say I tried, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to not hate the flames. Cause this is a Canucks fan, like with like 2004, yeah. 2014 as well. Like dating back to like 94, 92, like maybe not biggest rival. Cause there's the, the Blackhawk stuff, but like in terms of like regional rivals, absolutely oh, yeah. the biggest regional rival. Yeah. And I was able to like convince myself to just well, I hope they do okay. Yeah, I think the thing with the Flames for me is like I hate the Oilers so much that I just don't have enough hatred left for the Flames. That too. And they're just kind of just like they're just sort of there, you know? And I, and plus I had a lot of like Flames fans friends growing up, so that sort of like helped soften it a little bit where I was like, well, I don't Fair, hate them. Yeah. Like I have a lot of friends who like them, but like the Oilers I fucking hate like more than any team in the NHL by far. And then it's like, even like Toronto, we've talked about this. Like, I just don't hate them that much either. Like I sort of pity them more than anything. Yeah. It's like as a Leafs fan, if a Canucks fan is pitying you, you've done something wrong. But um, yeah, I'm, I mean, the flames to me are just sort of like, they're just sort of like there, I guess. Right. Like it yeah. reminds me of like, it's so funny when fans of the teams are like, oh, I hate the Canucks so much. And it's like, what do you really? What? Why? 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 What are you talking about? We're what? just chilling. Yeah. What are you, We're what, just like, chilling what? having a bad time over here. Yeah. Like Minnesota fans. I guess that's kind of the only one I get because like, you know, Olin breaking Koivu's leg and. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, what? Really? What? You hate the Canucks? <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't. That's for us to do, you know? Yeah. That's my job. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, boy. But hey, good times. Not, I mean, not really. Bad times, I would say. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, Cole Caulfield resigns. I mean, it probably seems, sucks seems like could, a good a good signing for Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't really impact like any pending Canucks guys not that really. need to resign. Uh, no. The biggest takeaway, I guess, is like he was the drafted Pod Colson ahead of him, which Ugh. I mean. <laughs> Obviously, Pod Colson isn't going to be as much of a scorer. I, I still think there's the potential for Pod Colson to hit in like. I a, guess I'm. I guess I'm looking way. forward to Pod Colson and Hoaglander next year. I think that could be fun, you know. Yeah, um, but there's got to be something to look forward to next year. I guess. I guess watching Pedersen and Hughes is fun, but yeah, no, that's that's like why you get excited about watching Canucks games. Is like it does. They're it going to do something cool. It sucks we don't have like a, a hot prospect coming up that we can like be like, oh, this is the year we get to watch this guy. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. This, this is the year we're getting Pod Colson in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I Christ. mean, maybe. <laughs> Who knows what happens at the draft, right? Like, that's true. But I, I mean, who are they taking at 11 that's going to immediately step into the, the lineup, right? Yeah. Dvorsky or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. Like Colby Barlow, another winger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we hate Zach this team. Benson? Yeah, that w- that could be fun. But like, I, 
what would Benson cook another year in the dub? I think so. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Small guy like that. I think so. Oh. There's, you know what would be cool is if they got um, Matt Wood and were able to convince. Where does he play? In the Connecticut. NCAA? You, Connecticut. UConn, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If they're able to like grease their elbows and say, "Hey, play him at center this year." That would be sick. See what we have here. Matt Wood is a guy I really do want them to pick. I think. Yeah. I, th- I think he's he's high on my list for potential 11th overall picks. Um, but I think uh, next week, hopefully, I mean, we're getting closer to the draft, but yeah, we're going, we're going to have a draft focus episode at some point with a guest. Yes, with a with a guy that knows about the goddamn draft. Yeah, we'll have with someone much smarter than the both of us. Yes. Um, so you guys have that to look forward to. But thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. Um, we will talk to you when we record Patreon sometime this weekend, probably. That's right. All right. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Namaste, everybody. I hate this team. I hate this team, too. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. <laughs>